Welcome to On The Move from the Texas A&M Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management. In this episode, we explore our physical education activity program from the head of that program, Frank Thomas. Welcome to this episode of On The Move. I'm Chelsea Reber, and today I'm joined by Frank Thomas, Associate Department Head and Chair of the Physical Education Activity Program. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. Tell me a little bit more about yourself and how you got to Texas A&M. Well, it started uh, probably in the 1950s. My dad was a, a student here, and he raised me correctly, and I got here as quick as I could. I uh, couldn't afford my undergraduate degree here, but when I got a chance to uh, uh, get an assistantship, I came down uh, uh, with the uh, physical education department back then, and uh, they gave me an assistantship sight unseen. I came down, and uh, they asked what I could teach, and uh, I listed everything, and they asked what else, and so I listed some more stuff, and they ended up sticking me in a class that I had no clue about. So, But we made the best of it, and somehow we managed to get where we are today. So Physical Education Activity Program, also known as PIAP, that's yep. what most people refer to it as. Tell me a little bit more about the program. What is it all about? Well, the activity program was started back in the 50s, and it was uh, required physical education for the cadets back when it was only an all-male school. As we progressed, uh, it uh, it became, uh, uh, as we became uh, co-ed, uh, it stayed uh, a four-credit requirement into the 90s, and then as the demand for hours grew greater, uh, the hours were cut back to two with one being a 199 and one being a health and fitness type class which is half lecture half uh, current topics of health half activity uh, we uh, then eventually lost that uh, but having seen the the writing on the wall we we knew we would keep a strong 199 program but we would drop off some so we actually created a science core curriculum class uh, kinesiology 120 which is a one-hour class and kinesiology 223 which is a three-hour class uh, so that the students could continue to come over use an activity base uh, to learn about healthy lifestyles and things that are going to make them uh, have a higher quality of life. If you look at it, the university should probably think that we're the best class that the students could ever take because what we're going to do is we're going to extend these uh, students' uh, lifespan so that they're going to live longer. Of course, if they live longer, they're going to make more money to get back to a &M. Great point. <laughs> now, I know you're the chair, so you oversee a lot of things, but do you teach any classes specifically? I actually do. I uh, uh, I have a uh, four-credit load, and I teach uh, aerobic walking and uh, intermediate archery. What has been your favorite PF class to teach over the years? Oh, it's hard. That's, uh, I, I taught a course called Venture Dynamics, which was a ropes challenge course, which was so much, so much fun. I mean, you're actually out there, you know, helping people learn how to work with people, how to challenge themselves, how to become better, how to uh, – it, it's just amazing. But then – you know, my aerobic walking class this last semester, or excuse me, two semesters ago, I had a young lady and she was always the last one in in the class. And she just, she said she loved me, but she hated the class. But she got better and better. And, you know, we we talk about a lot of things in class. And, and she sent me a graduation announcement. And I said, hey, this is so wonderful. And she said if she hadn't had that class, 
she wouldn't not only have graduated, she wouldn't be here. Wow. It, it was that big of a change for her. I have heard that aerobic walking class is one of the hardest A's to get at Texas A&M. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's uh, one of, I had my first class of the semester on Tuesday, and, and I, it's like I tell them, I said, how many people took this? I think this is going to be an easy class. And a few of them raised their hands. It's like, we're going to reshape your perspective. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is, it's a tough class. You've got to be fast. I do want to talk to you a little bit about the archery class as well. Okay. Can you talk to us about your background in archery? Well, I had none when I came here. Uh, I uh, talked to Mr. Mamaliga. We've affectionately called him Mammy. Uh, and I had to put things you could teach, and I ran out of things. Well, I had archery for two weeks at a little school called Arkansas Tech where I learned nothing, but I put it down. And he said, well, go talk to this gentleman named Bavisette. And uh, I went and talked to him and he could have been speaking Greek. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. He said, well, just assist for a semester and you'll be able to teach. And that was perfect because all I wanted to do was learn to teach as many things as I could because I actually wanted a job here. And so Mr. I went back to Mr. Mamaliga and said, let me assist for a semester. And Mr. Mamaliga put me assisting at 12 and teaching at 1. If there was a problem at 1 o'clock, it's like, I'll get back to you on that, <laughs> on that tomorrow. But as it turns out, that was uh, – I taught for a year, uh, picked it up fairly quickly. There was a situation that required Mr. Bavisset to leave the university, and they needed an archery teacher. Voila. That's how I got a job at Texas a &M. And now I've taken and done some good things with it. We've uh, – we have a beginning class, uh, we have an intermediate, we have an advanced class, and we also have uh, an archery team. That, uh, and uh, we've had kids, well, we've had three Olympians. I've been fortunate enough to be uh, uh, an Olympic coach, and so it's, uh, we've done some great things with it. Yeah, that's pretty incredible, all the yeah. way from a, a, a class at Arkansas Tech to the Olympic level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty phenomenal. You, you did discuss a little bit already about why this department is so important for the students yeah. and the life expectancy. And I just want you to expand on that a little bit because I think so many people, they, they think they just have to get this credit and move on. And, and college is so much about their, their education and what degree they're going for. Um, but I think we can all see how important fitness is to our quality of life. Well, there, there's so many things that a one-hour activity class or the science classes can bring. Number one, they're small classes. So first of all, we're going to get their rear ends off of the couch, quit playing video games, and come have a small class where they can meet people, make friends, learn a skill, learn about fitness, learn about healthy living, and actually have something that they're going to use for the rest of their lives. You know, that nobody thinks that when they sign up for a robot walking class, that there's going to be a lot of life lessons going on, but there are going to be a lot going on. And one of the things that, that we were able to do through the pandemic, uh, we actually, we did go to uh, uh, Zoom classes for the spring break till the end of the, the, the year. Mm -hmm. And then we did not have classes in the summer. But when we came back in the fall, we were one of the very few people that we had face-to-face -face classes. You know, we found a way to make our classes safe enough during the pandemic that we could get the kids out of their dorm rooms. I mean, if you were coming to Texas A&M for that year, you stayed in your dorm room an entire year. Well, we gave them a chance to get out and have somewhat of a college experience. And 
and you know that still continues today we want those kids to come and experience the things that are going to let them have a higher quality quality of life and have a lot of fun too yeah absolutely besides the easy a uh what are some other misconceptions that kids have about the 199 classes the the biggest the biggest thing is they just don't know about them Mm. you know we where else would my teachers stand outside of of uh, new student conferences heading, handing out flyers because we think it's so important that these kids know about our classes and know what they can they can do for them. Uh, you won't see a whole lot of professors standing out handing out flyers, but we really believe in what we do, and, and so that's the that's the biggest thing is just getting getting the word out. And I know it's not brand new anymore, but at least from when I was in school, you know, you now have a building dedicated to PAP. Uh, is that unique? for schools around the country? It's really rare because okay. uh, most of the times you're sharing facilities with rec sports or athletics. And, uh, you know, we're actually, you know, they, they say that Kyle Field is the house that Johnny built, but it's it's really not. It's the PIAP building because when they go when they went to tear down, you know, Reed Arena, they were tearing down G. Raleigh White and the Reed building, right. which, were, uh, which were where we were housed. Uh, the vice president... Uh, showed up at uh, my door one day and I'm, I'm not at the level that a vice president shows up at your door and he said frank sometimes it's good when the bulldozers at your door and he gave me an amount of money and a year and a half to build it that's incredible getting anything done at texas a m in a year and a half is is uh, is amazing usually it's just that long to get the permit so but we got it done under budget we were able to build some really nice stuff and mm-hmm. Uh, the building is phenomenal. We we had uh, we did a lot of work researching. You know, what does this building need to be for our students to have what they had, and then maybe a little bit more. And uh, we were able to do that. And uh, the building. Uh, it's amazing. People walk in right now and they think it's still brand new. It's still beautiful. Yeah, and I didn't mean to take and, anything and, away. Well, from let it, me but... let me throw let me throw kudos to our custodial staff mm. because that. They do such a great job helping keeping that building amazing. Yeah, speak fun story about the the Reed building. I've never had a volleyball game, indoor volleyball game, get rained out, except at the Reed building. We were, we were, it was, <laughs> you guys are in desperate need of a new place. <laughs> it was it was such a disaster that you know that it that was you know we go back a long time. That was yeah. an athletic slash education adventure that let them upgrade their stadium and. It was, uh, you know, your roof was the third deck. There was no yeah. roof on the building. It was the third deck. Well, <laughs> that deck had to move. Well, to move, it had these rubber, mm-hmm. and they gave out in no time. So, yeah. we were, yeah, we were just rain showers. Yeah. You had the story earlier about the student in your aerobic walking class and the graduation announcement. Um, what are some other experiences that you've had and you know that your department is making an impact on students? We had uh, two gentlemen that I know, uh, uh, Matt Requa and Ryan Fortenberry. They were freshmen at Texas A&M. They hated Texas A&M. They were ready to leave and they took a beginning archery class and they fell in love with archery and they buddied up and they took the beginning class, took the intermediate class, took the advanced class, went on to the archery team, and to say that they practiced 
was an understatement. They were six to eight hours a day. Wow. I mean, how they did their schoolwork is is, but they were both they both did well. Yeah. And uh, when they when they graduated, uh, they uh, both were invited to the Olympic Training Center to live and train. They had gotten so good. Currently, Ryan had retired from archery, but uh, Matt is currently ranked number three in the U.S. So he had never touched a bow before he came to Texas A&M. That's incredible. And we were hoping he's going to make the Olympics. Now, mm -hmm. we have had uh, three Olympians mm -hmm. that came through, uh, one of whom uh, has a silver and bronze medal. Uh, so we're very excited about that. And those are obviously so unique those stories right. um to see someone excel in something like that that they're starting technically later in life when you consider yeah. how early olympians typically start their careers you know from age five or whatever it is yeah. depending on the sport um but what about even some of the students who may just do you know take a basketball class or a yoga class or, or something like that um you know do you ever have students that maybe end up being on your staff or somebody that comes back years later and says man that class changed my life oh absolutely we i mean we we will uh, um, have kids on a regular basis that change their majors because mm -hmm. they find out what they want to do you know what the, when a student comes here, a lot of, you know, what, 50, 60 percent of them are going to change their majors anyway. But when they get over and they find out, you know, what we have to offer in terms of, of not just it's not just fun, but it's it's life changing that they want to be involved with that. And, uh, you know, you regularly, regularly get letters back from students uh, saying that, you know, hey, this class was was such an important thing from them. One of my associate chair uh, uh got a uh, uh, call from a young man uh, uh, yesterday saying that he had had her for archery in 2006 wow. and now lives in Franklin and is starting an archery program. I mean, and that, you know, so you, you never know what, uh, what kind of effect you're going to have on those kids. But, you know, the, our teachers are, are so amazing. I mean, you know, when, if you're talking about Yoga. I mean, they're going to get into into such high levels of yoga and the spirituality of it, and and things like that. Or, you know, if you want to go to our meditation area where we have meditation or qigong or tai chi, mm -hmm. or if you want to go skiing, hey, Mount Aggie, <laughs> who thought you could go skiing in Texas? Right. Yeah. So, and you know, uh, we actually have a plaque that a gentleman came back and gave to our scuba instructor Jim Woosley because. Jim taught him the survival skills that he needed so that when a couple of kids got in trouble in a riptide, he went out and saved them. And they were, he was taught in his scuba class how to, how to handle that. And he actually was given a plaque. He came back and gave that plaque to Jim because uh, he, that, he knew he got all that from him. That's incredible. Yeah, especially because I know Jim. That's a yeah. wild story. I hadn't heard that one. How can students best get involved in PAP? I know you mentioned uh, your teachers are handing out flyers and things like that, but how do people find out more information if they're on campus? I mean, the, the number one thing is, is to take a class because if you take a class, I will promise you, you will not stop. You will take more classes, you know, and it's, it's, it's just builds upon itself. So that there is a, there is a uh, uh, PE club. Uh, that somebody can get involved with if they're interested, but it's uh, uh, and we, you know we can always get them in touch with if they have an interest, get them in touch with the advisor for that and get them involved. 
I guess finally, I have to ask, you know, I'm sure you have students who come in and just were not involved in athletics, were not involved in any kind of physical activity in their high schools, right? right. And they come in, um, you probably have kids on such a, a large spectrum of physical ability. Oh, yes. So how do you, how does your staff, how do your teachers, how do you handle something like that? Well, I mean, you're a professional, you're trained to do it, but we also, in a lot of classes, have a beginning class, an intermediate class, and in some in some instances, an advanced class. Okay. So the key is to try and get the kids into the correct class. Now, I had a my basketball, one of my basketball teachers came to me today, and he said, my beginning basketball class is an intermediate class. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and yeah. so, because everybody yeah. everybody could play, could but play. Mm -hmm. but uh, but we're still going to teach it as a beginning basketball class because there'll be a few people in there that they'll do it. And and it's, you know, that's the thing that we want. We want kids not to be afraid to take something because you do have the ability to take the class pass fail, so that you can come out and you can try it, you know. And if you're if you're giving an effort, you're going to pass our class. And so we want you to do that. And, and a lot of kids will, will do that because they're not a, all of a sudden the, the stress goes away. You know, it's like, oh, my God, I don't have I'm not going to make an A. But right. But they're going to pass the class so they can come learn the skills and then and then move on. We actually have about 75. If you count beginning, intermediate, advanced, about 75 different things that kids can take. And we try and keep our finger on the pulse and, you know, uh, add classes uh uh, that uh, that the kids would like. What's one of the newer classes that you guys have added recently? Pickleball. Pickleball. I was going to say, oh, that's all the rage huge. right now. Oh, it's huge. So what's the most popular class in Piat traditionally? Yoga. Really? Yeah. Yoga fills up incredibly fast. Scuba fills up really fast. Uh, uh, those are probably the, the two of the fastest. But uh, this semester we're running about 9,000 hours. Okay. Uh, so it's a large number, of, a large number of kids, but uh, uh, you know, the more the merrier. Yeah. We'll take more if we can. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today about PIAP? It's a great program uh, for the students. Our our science core curriculum classes, you know, they're you're going to take information away from them that are that's going to allow you to have such a better quality of life. And it's a three hour class, so you can take a class where you can learn about you know, healthy living, healthy lifestyles, about uh, uh, biomechanical analysis of, of an activity that you're doing. Uh, you're going to have uh, uh, body mass index. You're going to do blood pressure. You're going to do everything that's going to allow you to understand how to have a higher quality of life. And you're going to get three hours of science credit for it versus taking, a, say, a physics class. Right, right. Uh, so, uh, you know, we think it's a it's a really good program for the kids. In addition to the one ninety nine activity classes, you know, at the end of the day, when somebody walks out of our walks out of our building, uh, we want them to to have a strong grasp on, on on lifetime activity, lifetime fitness, and lifetime wellness. I love that. Thank yep. you so much for visiting with me today. Well, I've had a great time. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to On The Move. You can catch our episodes while you're on the move by going to Spotify, Apple, or Google. And to learn more about the Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management, head to knsm.tamu.edu. The Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management is part of the School of Education and Human Development at Texas A&M University, where we transform lives.